Yep, that's what's up. It's the Nsimbi podcast. It's the Nsimbi. Miriam Tamar. GNL Zumba. How's everyone doing? Guess you can't answer. So, well, what can I do? I'll just hope that you're yeah, doing I was, okay. I was like, is, you, "How's everyone feeling?" Is, yeah, I was like, "Is this stage? Are you, are you on stage <laughs> right now?" Um, yeah. yeah. So it's it's another one of those days where um, we have the opportunity to to thank the heavens for life and also um, meet up with people who are beautiful and who love us and we connect and have dialogue and i i want you to introduce the topic the topic that we're going to discuss today because i think you 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 are more open to uh tackling this this particular yeah well i mean first of all i think i just want to talk a little bit about like what um stresses you out what do you do when you're stressed i think that's like a good way to start talking about this like the things in life that create stress or anxiety for us? Well, um, stress. That's a very low topic to begin with. Like, what do you do when you're stressed? No, I'm just Uh, thinking, like, I feel like now everyone, it's like a global pandemic of stress and anxiety. Yeah. And that's like before, even before COVID, but as COVID started, like, it's like, these are the new, like, everyone has, like, all these feelings and... Yeah, um usually when I'm stressed um um I just dive more into work. I don't yeah, even know how to Yeah, I was going to gonna say stop. you go si- you don't yeah, you don't Yeah, deal I go with silent it. and dive more into the work instead of just like mm-hmm. stopping. Um so I think over the times, I remember the times when I was like really really stressed and I can look at those markers and um and know exactly what triggered the stress. Uh-huh. And I think as time has gone on, I've managed to to manage myself better. Um, first of all, I think stress has come out of expectations, the expectations that you put on yourself. Yes. And also, if you're a very ambitious person, it can become, um, it can begin impacting your happiness the way that you look yeah, at things. Yeah, I find a lot of times yeah. you're like, you drive yourself crazy with like the type the amount of things you want to achieve and the amount of time like things might not be possible yeah. but then you feel badly like you're punishing yourself yeah if they don't you don't make them happen i feel i used to be that way too yeah i remember that but so I, like, made a big when you stress you feel like the 24 hours in the day are not enough at all yeah and and yet we have learned that the best way to actually manage your day is to be efficient for at least four hours in a like day three. yeah we read somewhere that you're you're only you can only put in three to four focused good hours of work a day. Yeah. So now we're like, okay, if we use that model of like doing like kind of the stuff that is admin or frustrating or we don't want to do and you just yeah. know, it, okay, it's <laughs> it's condensed into these like three hours yeah. and then we can do maybe more creative things for other parts of the day. Like, And we just switched to a, a four-day work week. Yeah, I'm it's very, working out, it, I'm it's working out it. perfect. It's yeah, so now Friday, perfect. Saturday, Sunday, we take off unless there's like an event or a show. Yeah. I mean, now that COVID is coming to a close and more events are going to be open, I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll have to substitute a day or something. But just the idea of creating more space and like more space to live, not just work. Yeah, more space to enjoy yourself and know that this experience is not a rehearsal, that there's no, this is not a rehearsal, this is the real life. Yeah. Coming to that realization, I think, is something that only time can teach you. 
and that um, you can achieve the things you want to achieve without killing yourself. Because we live in a society where I think everybody is a motivational speaker and they are telling mm. you to grind hard and everything if you really want it. Yes, everybody doesn't or want don't, it that bad. Or don't grind hard and, and do it just things that make you happy yeah, and, do things and that make work you happy. to feed yourself but do other things. Like, I don't yeah. know. I think that, but that comes back to like this idea of uh, cult, like society's expectations for you and what, yeah. is, what is happiness or what is yeah how, what how is your life supposed to be, fit a formula to be successful and happy and i think yeah. that instead of realizing that's individualized we all like get sucked up into this uh, this idea of whatever's normal and then you and then you become we, we, totally watching, stressed depressed like it's like because that it's like we're all different i totally agree we, we were watching a show recently and there's a a there's the American approach, which is becoming everybody's work approach to life, where mm-hmm. everything is work, 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 work. It's like a Rihanna song. Yeah, well, um, that's part of why but, but I then, loved living then, in Uganda versus like, yeah, and but, why we moved. Ba- we're like the the work life balance. What do you call it? Work no, happy. Let me first finish okay, my point yeah. because I was talking about Rihanna. this show that we were watching, <laughs> and everybody's working, 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 working. That's the American <laughs> model. Yeah. Um, and you find that. America is so obsessed with with the with the profits, um, and everybody's need to survive and make the American dream come true. Mm-hmm. That you often sacrifice some of the other things that life has to offer in s- just being still and not doing anything, yeah, and allowing yourself to have those moments of not doing anything without feeling guilty. Yeah, well, we have. It's like how so, many articles do you read that so, are like, it's okay to take a nap. It's okay to sleep oh, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Like it's we okay. need to be told <laughs> that it's okay over and over. Rest. Like yeah. you're not a lazy, shitty person if yeah. you take a day off. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. Yeah, but I was talking about like how America versus Europe, mm-hmm. and we were reading about again how Europe now is adopting the four four work week for the we i forget which country was it ireland or uk i don't know they're starting to t- to yeah, run it but like different companies out there and the way that yeah. they look at life and the way that they look at success it's like this life has to be enjoyed which is also one of the reasons um africans have a totally different outlook the africans in the village have a totally different outlook on how life should be lived and how it should be um enjoyed i think it's mm-hmm. severed in a way that every moment there's no need to rush and it's kind of counterproductive for people who want to build things yeah but it's people kind of, i think but, but if if that vis-a-vis a person saying i'm living my full life because i just enjoy doing this activity yeah i think um it becomes a measure of who are you to say what's an acceptable way of living and which is yeah well that's uh, it's like when you say you're talking about people living in a village and like Part of me is like, oh, is is that a happier way if you're like farming and digging all day and then you come home and cook and or like I don't I don't know the grind of that of village yeah, life. Like yeah. that could be that actually sounds really freaking hard yeah, it to has, me. It has its so, stresses. It has its stresses. But I, but, but, I yeah. but it then made me think about people who there's like this assumption that if you have less you you don't get to just like enjoy life and and have those moments or like you're not as content as when you when you achieve more because we're all we're all like grinding to to get more to have more Mm -hmm. but from what i've seen like that's it you everyone wants enough 
enough is good, but what's enough? Like, I, I feel like everyone should be able to feed themselves, feed their family, get clothes, and then to be able to have enough to treat yourself in some capacity. Yeah, so so we, we had this conversation again with uh, um, my former manager in Kenya, and we're talking about how Ugandans are so laid back compared to, um, to the Kenyans, because we talked about how in East Africa, Kenya is like New York. Oh, New Everybody York, yeah. is like always moving fast, always in a rush to get somewhere. Yeah. And uh, while Kampala is, is like, it? it's life, bro. Like I could make a meeting with you and decide at the last minute that I don't want to make yeah. it. You might be angry, but then again, it's yeah. what I want to yeah. do. And that's life. And, you know, it is what it is. So to in that regard, Uganda is like Los Angeles in some regards. Yeah. In the way that I was like, is it really the LA or is there is it even somewhere more laid back, more smaller? Yeah. Because yeah. But, yeah, but but I'm talking about how like in um in Nairobi, because nobody really owns land out there. Yeah. You have to get out of your apartment, get out of your house, go grind. And actually we're, we're talking about how many hours they have to walk to work and then walk back to um to the places of residence. And we were looking at that and we we're like Oh my God! Like Ugandans don't do that. We'll sit in a taxi uh, for however many hours it takes. Or or a lot of people work right within like yeah, a very of, close right vicinity, right markets, shops, vicinity. and and yeah. also that if because Ugandans have the privilege of having land, they can they can just grow potatoes, grow cassava, and grow matoke. Just enough for yeah. the sustenance yeah, of life. Yeah, well, I feel like that's been... And a... they will be satisfied and they will not need to have any other thing to add on yeah, to that. Yeah, like the, the, the sense of security in that, yes. that you can always feed yourself, like you have... Yeah. Like you can survive, I think is it really affects your mentality. Yeah. Like I think that's also like during COVID when everyone's been locked down, like our fan, I know our fantasy has been, oh my God, let's buy a place with a lot of land. We want to be able to grow our own fruits, vegetables, feed ourselves, chickens, eggs, like just not have to even like ever leave anywhere if we don't, if we don't have to, or like if we don't want to, to have that choice. Yeah. yeah it's really it's, empowering. It's, it's, it's very, very empowering because um, you'll find that the most satisfied people or the people who are beginning this uh, organic movement of going back to the basics because mm -hmm. we have overly complicated life, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a movement, um, I think, in most urban cities uh, in, in the West where you find groups of people that don't want to work that hard if, if that's what success means because right. you don't want to work hard and come home to an empty house, you're lonely, you're alienated from the rest of humanity and you have mental health issues. Mm -hmm. You'd rather live in a life where you in a sort of commune yeah. where you talk to all types of friends. You do not have so much money, but then you have a smile on your face. And when your problems arise, you have so many people to share. Yeah, them I mean, with. we've fantasized about living in a commune. We were like talking yeah. to some L.A. friends at one point, like, should we buy land somewhere and we all can live together? Maybe, and maybe you should just buy that land and make an African commune. Eh? <laughs> That's a, yeah. But you're invited. Yeah, yeah. you are all invited. <laughs> But I don't know. What is that? I yeah, the major topic we like, wanted to discuss today was mental health, basically. Yeah, and, so I, and, I'm thinking and, about and, and self care, mm -hmm. um, which ties into all of this. Like, what what do you want out of life? Um, and yes, motivational speakers will make you feel like you're a piece of shit. <laughs> 
uh, on lying, uh, take, taking out of your day a few hours to focus on yourself because everything, they tell you about how Elon Musk works 17 hours in a day. They'll tell you about how so-and-so like was on the basketball court, how many hours he was putting if, in. And if you want to achieve, do that, that's yes, cool. But. If you're, to achieve perfection. If you want to do that and you can handle that pressure, that's fine. But the problem is it's no longer an individual choice. Nowadays, it becomes a point of judgment of how far you fall from that. Um, well, it's not. Okay, so I would say there's like societal norms. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the like the structure of economies that like a lot of governments, including the U.S., don't provide much for healthcare. They don't provide much for school. Or food. Like you if you don't like work, the average person's working like two, three jobs to because mm-hmm. minimum wage doesn't pay your average life. So so essentially you have to do something weird or have an alternative lifestyle. Yeah. Otherwise you're broke is yeah. kind of how I feel. Yeah. And then and then the society has been is is now being manipulated to think that um because I've seen people who work hard and grind three three, four jobs um um a day. Yeah. Switching from gig to gig to gig to gig. Yeah. But then still have to struggle to pay their rent. Yes. Or if their car breaks down, they are totally messed up. Their whole life is flipped upside down. Yeah. And then we have a society that tells them that they're not working hard enough. And that's where we we are finally landing back to a place where now um, you have have to look at the person telling you that you're being lazy when you're doing your best. Mm -hmm. Right. And turn around and say, but who are you to judge when you've never been in my shoes? Mm. At least now, I think nearly half of America feels that way. Uh, the inequality, the hard work, and all of these um, um, pressures to, to chase the American dream and fend for yourself, and it's about you and it's not about the community, we have realized that all of that is it's, it's very, um, it's very dangerous even. Right, yeah. it's very dangerous because you have a very unhappy, very suicidal, very depressed, very mental health um, uh, pro- affected. Affected, <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, uh, affected, affected yeah. population. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm like because I'm I'm thinking about. So I was asking you what stress you out, and it's like oh the need to get so many things done. So feeling like you have to achieve things, and that can be based on like what. What makes you feel successful and and financial yeah. stress of yes. like yes. needing to succeed or meet a certain level that you want? So I'm thinking like for me, I think it's um it's some kind of struggle between what feels meaningful, yeah, and what and then and then what allows me to be in the present? Because if you sometimes we have like big projects that we want to do. And I get so wrapped up in them and really excited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it's like... You get to realize how much effort, work it is. The work and the effort. Yeah. So yes, that, no, yes, yes. you're like, you. after the fact, I'm kind of like, was that what worth it? it? Yeah. Like uh, in terms of other smaller things I could have done that would have still felt meaningful, but like... Rewarding. Wouldn't dr- rewarding, but wouldn't drive me insane or exhaust yeah, me, deplete yeah. me. So it's like, I think now we're make, trying to be strategic about the things we decide to do because you have to balance all these things what's going to bring in money what's going to make me happy what's going to feel meaningful and what's yes. going to still somehow allow balance yeah so i can it, like it otherwise you're not you it, don't even you don't even 
like experience the thing you're doing because you're just stressed. Exactly. I think that's what happens it, to me. Su- Let me give you, there's a perfect example here. Um, it's about the stress, the expectation, which doesn't even have anything to do with you. It has something to do with you, but it feeds a negative side of you, which is basically your ego and how other people see you. Yeah, your ego and yeah. your your inner your inner child. Your inner, your tra- inner traumatized let, let ex- child. Let, let me exemplify this. So, I come from a from a society that has very big African weddings. Yeah. And at these weddings, it's and people like can't get married for like years and years and years because yeah. the, the burden to save up is insane yeah yeah that's that's exactly what i was going to say but um you have the, this very very big um african weddings some of them it's relatives that you know and it's the culture in africa to have it when you say if, big wedding yeah because i know that a western people are thinking like two three hundred people is a huge wedding in the nah, states that's not a huge wedding that's a and 300 people is a small wedding in that's Uganda. a small wedding in so Uganda. tell me you're talking five six seven hundred people yes 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 like yes, yes big these yeah so keep so, going i just wanted so, to give some context so you find that usually that when these weddings happen um yeah it's the joy for the day and then it's done right yeah but it leaves some of the couples so broken and their relationship mm-hmm. almost immeasurable that it brings out the worst out of them not only in uganda that but happens here too even yeah, with small, it happens here too i was yeah. gonna say i was gonna say not only in uganda but also in la everybody wants this glo- big i think wedding. everywhere yeah. yeah where they invite people some of whom they don't even like and mm-hmm. whose company they do not like to their weddings yeah. so again it boils down to the to the to the choice of do i need the stress to impress people who don't even like me or should I, my partner and I, go forego all of the stress, save so much money, and decide to celebrate it with just a few of us? Yeah, it's a personal yeah. choice again. Yeah, well, it it is a personal choice, but it's layered in cultural mm. expectations, societal yeah. expectations, and then yeah, what do I want versus what does do I do I want to be perceived as wanting? Like yeah. I think we. Yeah. So you were just talking about and, ego. And by culture and expe- yeah, there's culture. all these terms like ego, super ego. The e- yeah. Like I don't actually know all those different ones. But. Let, we're going to dive a little more into that. I'm going to share a little that I, that I know. <laughs> um, I'm losing my train of thought here. I was going to talk Weddings, about, we talk about people. culture, whether, whether yeah. it's the culture of the place, but culture has also shifted. The culture of our grandparents is not the culture of... Um, of course. The, the culture now. Say, and the culture, culture of their Culture is not linear. It's something what's the other word yeah, yeah. Uh, so so you find that in the belief that uh, culture weddings are meant to be big it might have been very false you get me it just evolved because the well, richest the richest person on that village did a very good wedding so the next richest person on that village wanted to outdo them by doing a yeah and i wedding. think back in the and day it becomes this thing of everybody wants to do a bigger villages wedding, were small enough are, it would just be like are, yeah. i think they would just be open like back in the day i'm sure it was just like the wedding is down in the in the gardens and everyone come through and everyone contribute like i also think it was probably more communal i think people it's were more cooking communal because again all the property be- all the property belong to the to the community right, that even yeah. even they were even with the uh, with bride price and dowry they would take the cows out of the community's place because they believed they were they were gaining somebody new you, you mm. get what i'm saying interesting and it yeah. was a marriage of two communities and what did they need they needed uh bananas which just grow out of the ground and they are everywhere they Slaughter, needed they needed a few cows one and or two goats. cows some goats, yes. yeah 
maybe exchange um, property between each other, and then you have a friend for life. There's what something they used to call Okuto Mokago. Um, it's it's a, it's like um, a ritual friendship where you swear not to be the other person's enemy ever, and. If and if 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 wait, you, wait, if you so have this, this is the in-laws do this or who's who's that between? It's usually between the 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 two heads of the the communities or the families of either the groom or the bride, hmm. and you could take somebody's wife and they do not take that bond of um of friendship with you, and um it signifies something even deeper when a person offers that to you. So it was this bond of we are, we've taken your daughter away, we've given you bride price. She's not property. She's more like a new family member of of ours. We did this at our wedding too, uh, without without the without without the ritual. Well, I was gonna say, is the ritual? What yeah. was it? Chewing some coffee? It was chewing yeah, yeah, something, chewing wasn't some it? Coffee. Because I remember. Yeah, it, it yeah. is coffee. Okay, yeah, I was like. Co- it's coffee, but it's it was weird because they used to cut somewhere and then put the blood on the coffee ba- berry. Yeah, I'm glad bright. we didn't do this and at they, our yeah, wedding. We I don't do think it would have gone over yeah, very yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> but beyond that, um, we're talking about the, the it, we always have a choice to protect our peace of mind. Well, we do always have a choice, but we don't always feel like we have a choice. Yeah, we don't. Always, yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah, that's the getting to the place where you realize that you you actually have a choice to protect your peace of mind and protect your um your own mental health because yeah, to make because cho- you know your limits at a certain point and what ticks you off and what triggers yeah, you so I, I, I would staying say, away, yeah i would say you learning to be able to make choices that are best for you but might upset mm-hmm. those you care about or those mm-hmm. are around you uh and i know that's like a big thing we we call that like creating boundaries too. So having yeah. boundaries of like to protect yourself, to protect your marriage, to protect you in a friendship, like d- just creating different boundaries between different people, different yeah. things um, for the sake of sanity. Yeah. The importance of saying <laughs> no, it's the most liberating thing you can ever do. Yeah, I know you're, you're, I'm pretty good at it. I think you're, no, I've learned, I've it. learned so much to say no to things. But you and it still feels can good. improve. Like if they invite that. me to a party and I don't want to be <sighs> there, no, mm, it, I don't hear and, the word and, no. And like, I'm not making an excuse for not wanting to be there. I'm just saying no. Uh, I feel like you that, usually make up some like I'm actually, no, no, doing no, this, and I'm just like you know what? I, thanks for the invitation. I'm really tired. No, there's, <laughs> there there are several ways of saying no. That's saying no without being rude. You don't have to be rude. Yeah, but I'm saying, saying no. I think you sometimes make up an explanation because you feel like the real explanation isn't good enough okay if you invite me for a party and i say i'll get back to you that's, that's a, a no, no. <laughs> right but that like that bothered that drives me insane because i'm like to me it's like how can you tell someone that then they're going to be following up then you're not answering the phone that it's like it in, creates in, this whole in web africa, of, like, in africa discomfort. that basically means you haven't committed that means I haven't committed to anything. Yeah, some, but then sometimes people show up like they're like, but we talked about like it's things we happen. T- I said I'll check in with you. I, <laughs> it, I, okay, when you, when you show up at my door, show up at my gate, and you want you, you you want me to go for this thing that we just talked about, yeah. Then the, then the no comes in. Yeah, like no. Right now, I'm having a good time with my family members. I mean, I'm I'm playing with my nieces and my nephews. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
there's so many so i think we're talking a lot about different sources of stress or anxiety or Mm. challenges um particularly as you're finding yourself and um and i think also like i can see the distinction between like i love living in uganda because it's communal i think there's so many great things but then there's the communal stresses of like in the u.s like we're so individualistic that the the family pressures aren't as much for most people um for your for your family right i mean we have you know we have crazy family pressures in certain areas but like we all my family is spread out across the u.s which is a pretty big continent and mm-hmm. it's just like yeah I, the, the u.s is a continent north america oh, okay yeah, yeah. sorry I, nation it, it, it is no it. for a second i was like wait what yeah <laughs> it is isn't it and then but, it's like but, wait canada but, but, but you're right because it's, it's that um, big it's really wait, what's it's really canada? It might canada, as well canada? Be. <laughs> it's, it's own continent yeah Please but um what was i saying oh like i think the in uganda and a lot of other countries or throughout the world there's different expectations about providing for your family or different like there's just different communal expectations, mm-hmm. which can create stress as well. But I want to think, talk more about like ways to cope with stress and anxiety or things we've tried or, um, or even maybe just like how, how it's perceived. Like I would say do, in the U S like, do you have anxiety? I do have anxiety. Okay, you, and okay. you were, you were sounding like a commercial and that was exactly what I was about to say <laughs> is like in the U S it's like every, oh, do you have anxiety? Every other commercial is at, like about it depression. It makes you think you anxiety. have a disease. Like almost every, Oh my God. But yeah. I know I'm, and I'm like, no, I really have depression and anxiety. But, but nowadays it's more like, do you have anxiety? Who doesn't? Yeah. Like nowadays it's more like who doesn't? Well, we have that conversation a yeah. lot about like, why is it that in the U S everyone identifies as having depression anxiety and then you go to uganda and it's and i'm always saying to you like people clearly are depressed what if you say that you mean or yeah like let me tell you a story so this this girl a friend of ours lives in sweden she she had been there for like 15 years moved back to uganda on her very first visit Mm -hmm. and she got a panic attack and everybody in the car who was with her, and these are people who love her, could not understand what, what she was talking just for, about. Just relax. <laughs> they were like, she's going What's crazy. What's the problem? Yeah, no, they were like, she's going crazy. Mm. You get me? So, whereas in the US, that's like... I'm thinking about when you had a panic attack with my family. You were in the car and then everyone's like, just breathe. Like, they're like, yeah. you are ha- you're like, I don't know what's happening. They're like, you are having a panic attack. These are the <laughs> steps to blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was in the back. I was in the back, I think, with your mom. No, but, we were in like but, an but SUV what triggered and you that, were in the but, back Yeah, squished. but what triggered that is um, an effect of a society like America and, um, and what it has done to black men and black people. Mm-hmm. You're definitely each and every day you're living in a fear of your life. So what triggered that particular attack was, I saw a video of um, Nipsey Hussle getting shot. Yeah. So I was in the back and I was on Twitter. I'm looking at the trending stories. We've just had a good family dinner. Yeah. Everybody's happy. In the Everything dark, is driving nice. Home, yeah, yeah. Bunch of people in the car. Yeah. So at the back, so I'm at the back, and actually we all suggested, should we get another car? No, 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 no. Let's just all just cram into this small Gee, car. squeeze into the yeah, back. Yeah, just squeeze in the back. So I was like, okay, let me jump in the back. Your mom jumps in the back with me, and everybody is almost like, yeah, yeah. sardines. 
exactly sardines in a can so when that happened it was also a series of just seeing black people being shot by police um and i don't know where it came from but i just felt like i couldn't breathe mm-hmm. i was hot i was cold at the same time and i needed air yeah you get me so that was actually one of my very very first ways of even like being like oh shit panic attacks <laughs> i think that happened you yeah. get me that yeah. happened to people but it was my fa- it wasn't my first right my first my first was um um i was rushing for a meeting um i was running late showered so fast i'm thinking about what i'm going to say it was important to me to be in that meeting mm-hmm. so i rush off um and there's traffic jam and i'm thinking about i don't want to be the dude that's late for a meeting that's a make or break this was la this was otherwise LA. yes, you can just be later not show yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but but on on this particular one it really meant a lot and i, w- I began thinking i was disappointed in myself that there was i couldn't i i did not um calculate that there would be traffic jam i did not um i began putting all these things on myself like yeah so the blame look, i was yeah, going to say that's where the self blame yeah, yeah. i was like look at you yeah other people are doing that, 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 that and you're missing this appointment do you know why how many people would kill for this opportunity so all of that is going through my mind and right at the intersection of highland and hollywood i had a panic attack yeah i remember and a combination of all of those things and thinking about how cops are always shooting black people you don't want to be stopped by a cop yeah you don't want you were you were then so, so you didn't want to you had to pull over but then you're yes, like oh my god pull i pulled over. over on the side of the road no, what's going to happen yes you're pulled over on the side of the road a very busy intersection white cops are like yeah uh, you can see the cop car i'm like oh shit this is how gnl dies i remember dies. you facetiming me yeah I, mean, i was like this is how gnl dies but long story long story short i do a ue uh i go behind uh, i find uh, parking the, lot, the parking right? lot yeah and i was like i can't breathe and my heart is beating so fast i facetime i facetime you you facetime me and you're in the car with your shirt off i was like what the, what the <laughs> hell are you what's going on like yeah and yeah, you're like crazy. i'm so hot i like yeah yeah you yeah it's crazy and i think i think from then i did not go for that meeting but no you you relaxed you talked and then you eventually I relaxed, made your way home. talked to i think i talked, to, talked Evan, to my brother-in-law um, um, a, yeah because he's a, a doctor because you were literally like and am like, i dying like, I, yeah yeah, yeah. You're and like, I, was, I think i'm having a heart attack and he was like um um what's happening so the whole entire thing um uh, was a conversation and knowing that it is somebody whose information i can trust to explain to me what's happening why is my heart beating why am i hot why am i yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. because um and magically even before we hung up on that conversation i was totally fine but ever since that conversation happened and the first panic attack happened to me i haven't been the same person yeah because you've been anticipating yeah because you're always anticipating when this next one going to happen yeah, and losing then control. and then and then i have always seen myself as this invincible person like mm-hmm. Even in my body, I know I can go to the basketball court. I can be out there for hours. Yeah. I I know I can go to stage. I can I can dive into a crowd and party and rock yeah. out. Yeah. Um, I can go to a bar, the most crowded bar, and still feel at home. Or to the to the to the most crime infested ghetto, 
somewhere in any city where I'm a stranger and I'll still feel like I trust myself in the situation. Mm -hmm. So when that happened, I felt like I can't trust my body anymore. Welcome to my world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm constantly, I I suffer from migraines and Mm -hmm. some other like, so, and some other medical things and that are like, I feel like my body is failing me or I can't count on my, like, and then you're angry at yourself, which again, yeah, is not yeah, bad. yeah. And and knowing that that happens, and now having the experience of panic attacks or a series of panic attacks now, and when they happen, I'm developing coping mechanisms, right? Are they efficient? I don't are know. It's healthy? a learning process. Are they healthy? I don't even know because most people's learning processes um, is. And this is how people end up with even bigger problems because you're trying to extinguish this fire with another wildfire. Basically, um, it's like you're having a wound and then you pour acid on it. Well, that's like I it's like yeah. I was I was trying to tell you, OK, drink water or I was told actually by someone, if you're having a panic attack to use a brown paper bag because yeah. you're breathing your car. But that, you won't. You refuse that's the one that I it. won't do. That's the one that I won't you, do. It's, because but it's an ego thing. I swear. It's not an ego thing because like, because wanna... to me, it's more like. Bro, like you can train your mind not to do no, that. No, but then you have other, if you think, okay, no, I'm going to drink water or I need to have a, a glass of beer or I need like... No, no, yeah, but this this is my coping mechanism because I realized that every time I had a panic attack and or if at any time I felt anxious and what's funny is that I've always had actors and musicians say this before they hit the stage. Now for me... I have never needed anything to go to the stage. If I'm going to the stage, it's I've drunk a beer. Mm-hmm. And then I rock out on the stage sober. And then I party after the show is right, done. Right. That has always been why. It, it has always given me more control of, of my artistry and how mm-hmm. I perform. But I've always seen my friends and other entertainers uh, in Africa and Hollywood, the way that they say, I need something to take the edge off. So I didn't know what the age was. Yeah, but that's... The age is that angst, ang- being but that's ang- perform- anxious. Yeah, but that's a performance anxiety versus... I mean, yeah. it's different. Yeah. I don't know if they... Because I get... You know, I get really nervous before performing. I have like butterflies. Yeah, my yeah, stomach's yeah. all in knots. Um, I can feel lightheaded. Like I literally feel almost sick until like the first couple notes are out of my mouth. And I'm like, oh, my voice... Because it's like these fears like... uh. I'm not going to sing. I'm going to sing off pitch. The notes aren't going to come out of my yeah, voice. Yeah. Like it, like, And until it's like moving, then I'm okay. But I, I, th- I don't think that's... I feel like the, your sensations are stronger than that even. You, you, you've, you've said something eye-opening and I think it's, it's another way of coping. So for you, you think you're going to sing off pitch and the crowd is going to be judging you. Everything's going to yes. go all right. While before I had this anxiety attacks and blah, 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 my whole thing of going to stage, I used to get off of getting off of off of something means you you you're excited just because to me the feeling of there is going to be more than seven thousand people here and I'm the one holding the microphone and everything that I say is coming through the microphone and I'm controlling everything. So I think I had trained myself or not even trained myself because I think that was natural. Yeah, I think for some I never too. had stage fright in my life. Mm-hmm. I've never had stage fright in my life. To me, it's those butterflies. Yes, I'm I'm not sure, but I trust that even when I fuck up, I'll make a joke about it and we'll deal with it. 
while we're on stage. See, and I'm always, yeah, I'm always yeah, envisioning yeah. failure. Yeah, complete yeah. failure. I'm a, I'm horrible. Yeah. Everyone hates me. No one wants to listen. Like it's like every extremes. Yeah, but, we, we've been to shows where we prepared our best, rehearsed our best. We have the best band, and then we go to a festival. And the sound engineer just totally actually you even do the sound check and the sound but the engineer time, by the time you get on messes, stage all of a sudden the mic's not on the and you're mic's like, not Wait, on everything is messed up. <laughs> you come up. out and you're like, Yeah and there's no noise, you're like, Oh my god. Yeah, but, but usually the attitude is I usually look at you and, and I'm like, Oh my god, I hope she doesn't freak out. You get me? <laughs> like, I hope she doesn't freak out. I hope she doesn't like take this way too serious because yeah. you, are, you used you used to have this thing in the beginning when we are just began performing where you used to freeze and look at me i'm like don't look at me look at the <laughs> crowd <laughs> yeah. act like everything is normal there's nothing yeah. to see here yeah so it's usually a trick of knowing that you can mess up your lyrics i've seen my best rap stars mess up their lyrics mm-hmm. uh, i've seen uh, um people freestyle and dis- you discover the mistake in how they p- Put their words out. I've done that several times where they're like, "You need to go back and correct this yeah. word." Where I the mean, producer I've... like, and I'm, and I just say, "You know what? Even if I tried, I will not capture the same energy of the freestyle." Yeah. So let it go out in the energy of the freestyle that it is. And those songs with mistakes, I've done far much better than the songs where I overthink it and try mm. to be perfect. Mm. So I think here in managing our anxieties, depressions, and mental health is no, you're not perfect right you are not perfect and in knowing that you are not perfect and that you are allo- you are allowed to make mistakes i think it frees up so much pressure yeah but i'm thinking like there's knowing you're not perfect but then there's still expects the expectations are the standards one holds oneself to which i think that's a struggle too so you i can say i'm not perfect but this is how i do things or i have i expect a certain level of something from myself yeah so i'm wondering like in Uganda, what's like I know what I've seen in terms of how anxiety no, so, and mental sorry, health. Sorry, are, sorry, before you go into Uganda, yeah, let's let's think about it this way. We both love comedy. We go to the comedy clubs and yeah. um, and we watch uh, comedy performers do their thing. Right now, often there is a heckler, somebody yes. in the crowd who just won't shut up. Mm-hmm. You get me, and let the person do their 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 thing. Now, I usually watch how these comedians react to hecklers so there's the comedian who first lets the moment sit and then he comes through with a joke that kills the crowd right and then there's the person who's so bothered by the heckler that it throws them off totally Mm. and even if their next jokes are funny you know that the heckler stole their show yeah so uh, I'm, I'm forgetting what my point. I'm yeah, forgetting like what, and. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting what my point here is. But yeah, here's the point. So I think the point that I'm trying to make here is, let's take the heckler to be the mistake or the unexpected. I was. I thought the heckler right? was going to be your inner voice, your inner critic, or something. But it, whatever, yeah. or your inner critic. Mm-hmm. But just know that even if it's there and it's present, and you might anticipate that it might happen. Whatever you say after that is entirely up to you and tomorrow will be another day. Mm-hmm. I've seen the best comedians um, say this, or the best performers ever. They just say, I, I bummed. 
or bombed on this yeah, show. Bombed, yeah. The best of the best say, I did a ba- the one of the worst shows <laughs> I've ever done. Dev, Dev Chappelle says this a lot. Yeah. Um, Michael Jackson close to perfection, but he he was talking about shows that he did that were really bad. You mm-hmm. get me? So, uh, pun intended. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but but I'm saying I'm saying that all of these unexpected things and the pressures that we put on ourselves, we should just know that it is okay to mess up, accept um, and accept that you're human mm-hmm. and not put so much pressure on yourself to always be excellent. Yes, learn from um, mistakes when they happen. You don't want that to become a pattern of you messing up because it will mess up your professional career. But then again, when you mess up, it's okay. And you'll always move on and life, life, it, it might not even be as significant. You might not make it as a comedian, but you might own an entertainment company. Mm. You get me? Mm. So it, it, it is life at the end of the day. So I did not go for the meeting that I was going for when I had my first panic attack. Right. I called the person and I was honest. And they said they struggled with the same thing too. <laughs> and he referred me to somebody and the bond became even stronger. So instead of what would have been a, a one hour, you know, like I, this must happen became a thing of, yo, we, we can meet, we can meet this weekend mm-hmm. and it's a much longer hangout with a person and you're gaining so much and you're gaining a friend. So not all things that we make them up. In, yeah. yeah. I, I know we've talked before about like the, the way we can blow things up in our minds about how we think other people feel. And it's like, you don't know until you mm-hmm. say straight up what mm-hmm. any, like, only the only truth comes out of someone's mouth not your your projections uh, projections yeah. yes <laughs> yeah but what i was so what you i wanted to about you, you were talking about you yeah i was i wanted to you to like share because i know i'm from the states i'm from the east coast east I'm coast east coast i'm from the boston area i'm american i'm jewish and culturally in the states for at least for urban populations um and definitely in the jewish community like talking about anxiety yeah <laughs> talking about anxiety stress yeah. um and and using like therapy is our most common tool mm-hmm. um a lot of people are on medications across the states some people definitely need them some people maybe don't other people try yoga i mean i've tried yoga i've tried breathing but for me i love therapy i've been in and out of therapy yeah. since since i was a teen like I'll be go, I'll go through a phase where I'll be in for a few years, then I'll stop. Then so, so you've been doing therapy since you were young. And- yeah, my first therapy was in high school. Uh-huh. I told you about this. I had a germ phobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through this weird like germ phobia. Yeah, yeah. Like I couldn't. If what's, if, what's germ phobia? Define it for our people. Who, so like, yeah. if anyone say I had a bowl of chips, French fries, and someone reached in and took one. I'd, I'd be like dying inside like the whole thing's been contaminated <laughs> oh, like, so, or so, if someone tried so to take a germ from my thing, is this cup? a thing you 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 had the same disease like leonardo dicaprio in uh, aviator <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> or like in the classroom often the chairs were plastic so they'd static there'd be like one piece of hair yeah and i'd be like but i but f- i do that a little bit a little bit too like do you touch door handles in in latrines in toilets yeah, but then I just wash my hands. So I'm, anyways, so, I went to therapy you, for you, it. No, if, if I, even if I've washed my hands, I'm not touching that doorknob unless somebody else opens it or if there's like toilet paper. Yeah, see, I've been, and now people, my like my mom or people in my family are like, how did you go from being germ phobic to like, I was living in like rural parts of Uganda, yeah, yeah, yeah. like 
so without you running water without so therapy works yeah i did i did um what do you exposure therapy yeah but um no and then i've i've been in for different things about like different stages of life where i'm trying to figure out myself or i know when i was deciding to become a musician full-time yeah. i had a lot of anxiety and struggles with like what i thought my parents expected of me and society expected of me and what i want like yeah. so to me it's like it, there's a, a massive range of reasons you should go to therapy and talk things through because to me therapy is is retraining your mind to like see things yeah. differently or, or be able to see things differently because i think we get stuck in these i don't know what do you want to call it, a cycle cycles or like negative negative reinforcement cycles ne negative echo chamber sure negative oh, echo chambers yeah um, I'm so sure there's a technical term, um, and the psychologists will, will yeah. Oh, and will, I was going to say, I also might you know, but but people don't know. Both my parents are in mental health, so I grew up. That's just like, it's like the language no, of, of my family. Are in mental health? Are in mental health or a mental health expert in the field of in mental the field health? Of men professionally, mental health. Yes, yes. So it, it's like a family whatever it's a it's it's what we do it's our it, hobby it's our yes, trade it's yes. our lifestyle but you mentioned something um which i want you to dive into a, a little bit more mm -hmm. i've never heard of exposure therapy what's exposure therapy okay well i was kind of making a joke but there is because my sister i'm so, sure wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. i'm sure my sister so wants me talking on the they, internet they, about they, her there's her nothing life. there's nothing dirty about exposure therapy or is, oh, am I just you're thinking someone mind? flashing yeah depends on what you need to be exposed to okay but okay. no so so you know what exposure therapy is or you want an explanation no no i really want um okay what's, so what's, what's i is, didn't do that therapy? with my germ thing i, I yeah. did like breathing exercises or i don't even know what it was and yeah. i didn't even like that therapist she used my name a lot she's like miriam da -da -da, miriam and i found it very patronizing <laughs> and i it like infuriated me um but my sister had a fear of blood yeah this was even when she was younger. I don't know, not eight, nine, ten. Yeah, she had to go do exposure therapy where she like was literally like exposed to bloody. Like had to wa first learn to wa talk about it, then watch things with blood. Then I remember her graduation was she left the office with a chicken heart in a bag. So it was like, <laughs> but no, like so that's there's different. You know, you know. There's psychoanalysis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's psychology. It. There's oh my god. There's so but, many. But you know, you know that that's so different. Like it, the reason why I'm laughing is because yeah, she had the fear of that. I think. So what would have happened if someone's scared of blood when you were growing up? You're scared of blood. What would your parents have that, done? That, that's what, what I'm. They would have been like, cure your face. <laughs> Get over it. No, no, no. They wouldn't do that. But um. <laughs> We grew up seeing blood. Yeah, so maybe like that's not a good example. Yeah, because you, you slaughtered animals. No, like you patch, you pass the butcher. There's meat hanging when you're right. going to we're school. We're very, they, like we're very sheltered. We, our, yeah. our animals are all packaged. You're um, talking to someone as they're killing chicken or yeah, a cow, yeah. a goat. Or, so like, I'm trying to think. So that wouldn't be a good yeah. one. But like people, people have fears of spiders. Like there's just things. E that everybody has their 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 fears. There, there are people I know in Africa who's scared of mice. Scared of like cockroaches and you've seen me with mice and rats. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's, they, they it's, terrify me. Everybody has their. But yeah. I'm just. I think if there were, if you were to go to your parents growing up and and said something, some there was something that like really upset you, disturbed you repeatedly. I don't know. I mean, a kid. It's hard for kids to describe anxiety or stress or yeah, fear. So, most times in. Um, 
so my experience is different again i'm not trying to paint myself as as a perfect as a perfect person <laughs> at all but i'm when where i grew up and how i grew up until i had my very very first panic attack mm-hmm. i don't think i had stresses I, of course i have the fear of snakes and yeah. so it, to me it's, it's either is it just a natural fear of self-preservation when you see a snake or something that could bite you does what I, about, I have those what about the professional anxieties of achieving a certain amount oh, you you are too young to, th- to feel that way I, I was always too young to feel that way. You're and just enjoying the ride. I was enjoying the ride, and because I was the only boy in the family, I was like kind of babied. But what about and, when you left? When and you, I also did well in school. I was gonna say when you left school, yeah. and you said you were gonna do music, and your parents were pissed. Yes, I'm sure you, you that wasn't a dark time emotionally. So it was a dark time emotionally for me, but it wasn't, and it was, but it was because there was nobody there to talk to. But then I held it in because. I th- I had so much drive for for making hip hop popular or creating a classic hip hop album and blowing up that even the rejection when it came it hurt so much but tomorrow was another day when mm. I could try Yeah I think I would say like I know with with me when s- yeah. I don't the the time that I decide I need to talk to someone about something is when it starts interfering with my life which is like you're saying yeah. about a panic attack now if you're driving and you then can't drive and that becomes a regular thing yeah then you have yeah, to like yeah, you like actually say, have to find a solution so yeah. if you're feeling down but it's not impacting your day-to-day it's very easy yeah. to ignore it or put it aside or mm-hmm. say i'm functioning i'm fine doesn't mean there's no issues or or childhood traumas or other things that aren't buried but if you often when we think we're functioning day-to-day in this in the by societal norms mm-hmm. then we leave everything alone we don't dig, whereas I like to dig. <laughs> yeah. You like to dig? Yeah. Okay, so I dig that. So, you dig? Um, um, I never like saw a therapist, or maybe I received therapy by having so many friends uh, when I was growing up. Yeah, well, I and know. And having so many family members around me. I never saw the need for seeing... Uh, when I lived in Africa, I think I held the same view that so many Ugandans widely have yeah. towards the field of mental health and mm-hmm. you know all of these psychological problems because most of them just deal... You just deal with it. Yeah, and, and, and you also always talk about like there's structures within the community and you talk yeah, to so-and-so. Yeah. Like the males talk to the males or, or there's different yeah, like you either call your cousin you call your uncle you call your auntie or whoever you could right you know. and i i mean i think that works for a lot of things but then i know i talked to my mom i talked i talked to my family about yeah. so many things but someone who's trained although my parents are trained but there's things i don't want to talk to them about yeah boundaries but um <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's different talking to someone who can can, can provide empathy or maybe yeah. help you problem solve. Some things can, but some things, I don't know. I, I feel like some things definitely but, a professional but what, but what's helps. Fu- what, what's funny is, um, and I'm talking about therapy, but it may be, I'm not even, it, I shouldn't even call it therapy because I remember when people would fall, like physically fall and then you tremble and fall, fall on you or whatever. And we grew up in a society where they wouldn't say sorry. They would all bust oh, out yeah, and laugh. laugh. 
But I don't know, for some reason, them laughing also made the person who had fallen laugh if, if the fall wasn't that serious. Does that make sense? So in America, when you fall or even before you hit the ground, everybody around you is sorry. Yeah, it's like, oh, sorry, are you okay? Sorry. Are, are you okay? okay? And, and, yeah. and it doesn't mean, <coughs> when they ask, are you okay? If you say, I'm not really okay, it isn't like they, they're going to go out of their day to do so much for you, do they? It depends. <coughs> it depends. Okay. Yeah, that's that was a bad judgment, but it depends. Know. But I often feel like. But there is the difference of. Th- there's an ingenuity in that that the are you okay is just said because it's the polite thing. Well, to it's say. also a different thing. It's a different view of suffering. So yeah. if you're laughing at someone, like not that that it's extreme that you're suffering, but if someone is hurt or struggling or oh, yeah, su- if you to fell, laugh if you, at, if you fell and broke your hand. Definitely nobody would be laughing. Well, they're laughing until they realize you broke your hand. Y- y- exactly. And, so, but, but if you broke your hand, they're going to take you to the hospital. They're going to take and you to the hospital. And in the U.S., the expect, the, they, uh, people expect you probably are hurt. So we're going to treat it like in, it's really serious. But yes. maybe you're just like, oh, no, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah. God, that was yeah. so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's ex- the expectation that you're going to say, I'm fine. You get me? It's almost like they're disappointed you say so you're not fine. So to you, when you're giving this example about Uganda, what are you connecting that to with? Mental I'm connecting health. that to I'm remembering uh the basketball team mm-hmm. like going on tours and whatever yeah. and, you know and how we dealt with losing matches mm-hmm. so all of us would be angry some people who are like really invested in the game would be crying there would be the joker on the bus you know like yeah. always cracking jokes whether you've won or not sometimes yeah. he's annoying when you've lost that he's cracking the jokes mm-hmm. but over time he would make everybody light up you get me and you go back and then re-strategize for the next season i work harder and life would move on so in should we call that is that what they call group therapy i, I mean, don't know all these I, terms i just hear yeah, them in group person. therapy is yeah. more formal yeah but i i think you're i don't know you're talking is about group therapy what they do when uh people say uh Hi, my name is so and so. Exactly. Okay, yes, okay, okay. Those okay, types okay, of things, okay. like an AA. I've seen group that in the movies. Or, yeah. Yeah, but we were talking about um, how people cope with different stages of anxiety. Yeah. So the way that I'm coping right now with my anxieties is seeing a therapist. So well, it, that was very. It, I've been trying to get you to see a therapist. Yeah. And I but, remember and in, I the, like, in the beginning, no. and not <laughs> only that, you used to say you thought they were spies. <laughs> Like this went on for years, way Babe, back. I I'm remember. crazy. I'm you're like, like I don't think I, you're I like. I think if I tell a therapist my secrets, they'll tell you. They'll tell other people. Like I don't know who they're sharing them with. And I was like, he, yeah, you I'm like very, wouldn't. I don't trust people that. A- I don't, and like eventually, I don't really share like. Well, that. I had to concede that. Like, of course, there's like rogue people in any profession that are are not doing what they're supposed to do. But mm-hmm. like, no, that's. I mean, <laughs> because at the end of the day, I come from a society where it's. <laughs> This is the premise of, the, there are so many thoughts that are, that are juicy here. The, 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 we don't share that much, right? With other people out of our circle in Africa. Mm-hmm. You share with your family, share with people in your circle, yeah. and then that's it. Yes. You get me? While you're raised to share everything with a therapist, somebody that you trust, you know, like... Well, even we, we notice that even in work, professionally, like... Yeah. Americans will be much more upfront with what they're doing, what they're working on, like 
trying to partner and in uganda it's much more a game of like uh oh i have, I have to do this yeah hold it down hold it down oh charger yeah, computer charger but yeah saying in, in uganda it's like a game like no one wants to share their information they're scared it's going to be used against them or yeah. backstabbed so there's like always this um and people usually say it's like the crabs in a barrel theory where you're scared you're going to be climbing out of the barrel and then someone's going to pull you down using the information that you yes yes using, using that information. information yeah and we always have we always have a struggle because we go into all kinds of settings to interviews or friends come over or 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 colleagues come over and i just like share all this stuff about what we're doing and then g will like pull me aside or after the fact be really upset like why were you saying this and this why do they need to know that like um so yeah but okay yeah, but i'm curious know, but, but, wait till you're wait till you're in the microphone okay. but i was thinking but, but i was gonna usually, say usually when i do that when usually when i do that is because you're usually sharing um trade secrets bi no no, no business <laughs> ideas i know you're sharing business ideas sharing um, other times i just oh, say things that embarrass yeah, let, let me you finish that like let me finish let me finish. personal no but but sometimes you you share you, i share yeah you share i you, share and i care you you are a sharer <laughs> um but in your sharing sometimes you you don't know when to stop <laughs> you give me yeah. like according to you yeah according to and me. according to your culture according to my culture yeah. and also the place that i know so well yeah. like i know that even if apple is manufacturing a phone they're not going to share their business secrets with <laughs> everybody because i've been through this before where you've you've written proposals yeah. and all of this other stuff and they do the same thing okay. or they come back but and we're pitch. getting no no wait, wait, we're wait. getting sidetracked yeah, but i'm talking telling you about the society yes. where they come back and pitch your idea to you and you're like dude I told you about this idea about three months ago and told you not to tell anybody. Yes, yes, yes. So when I see you sharing something, which which we put a lot of work in, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, no yeah. company does that. Coca-Cola formula is still but it's a not, secret. It's personal yeah. and it's business. But it's, I wanted to ask you, um, I want to ask you because you're talking about um, a culture of secrecy or privacy. Yeah. And then and that's paired with a culture of saying always telling people you're fine so i'm wondering what are, what do those two things have to do so oh, you were saying this the secrecy is like your, your fear to tell talk to a therapist because they're outside the family yeah so it's not someone who's supposed to know your your dirty laundry um so so here's the thing um and you're supposed to just be fine my, my antitrust i have so many trust issues with people right yeah um, and my trust issues came in at the moment I think I came into the music industry because learning how the music industry works is is like learning how to move in a room full of vultures. You get me? Like there is the beauty of it is knowing when to do what when and knowing what people mean when they say what. It's almost like you're trying to figure out the code behind. So, but then, are you saying this is your personal experience, or you think it's a cultural thing? It's a, it's a very. I, in LA, I, I was talking to your your uncle had this phrase where he said, "The people in the in the film business are bad, but the people in the music business are worse." Mm -hmm. So it's a culture. It's a culture of the entertainment industry the cutthroat competition and what that, people do saying, together on top. I'm asking between, yeah. do you think your experience with privacy and saying everything's okay all the time is a Ugandan thing or it's because you also 
are an entertainment it, we, and, and, we are, and being defensive or protective yeah, of yourself. We are, we are a sum of our experiences. Yeah. And in the sum of my experiences, I told you the time where um, I, was, I, I grew up, even though I grew up in a ghetto, I grew up very protected. Mm-hmm. That I lived in, in a bubble yeah. of my, my father, my mother, and our nucleus family. Right. So coming out of that bubble, going into high school, which was Chira College Boutique, I get introduced to so many other people from different tribes, different countries. And I told you about how we used to bond uh, being a single-sex school uh, on the basketball, bas- basketball team. So my, those are also experiences where you can tell these people everything, even your dirtiest secrets. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to say anything. They're not even going to judge you. You get me? Yeah. Then from that, you move to now you've graduated and you are at university. And now the circle is different. But the friends you, you have over there um, at the university, because again, I think we had cliques of boys or people that you considered your friends and you talk about everything. Embarrassing things, things that were not embarrassing, business ideas, your dreams and whatever. And for some reason, we would always hook each other up in terms of opportunities. So when did and that we were trying end? To go. I'm, I'm going in a chronological order. <laughs> so after wait. after uni, after uni is when um, I decide that I'm going to become a musician, right? Mm-hmm. And that I'm going to, going to do any job which is... I, there was a government job offered to me. There was a university job offered to me uh, because I did well in my classes. But... Um, the antitrust or the betrayals and the way learning the mechanics of the how the music industry works it totally altered uh the trust that i had in people uh it altered my interactions with people what kind of information i give to people i want to add that has been a training of over a decade plus yeah but i was going to say not only was it something you were experiencing in that moment but it was taking you back to your childhood of where your parents were telling you not to trust people. Yeah. So, oh, yes. So yes, you're there's, right, there's, you're right, that's you're why right. we always like almost everything that happens to us, you can trace back to something to your in chi- your childhood. Actually, I'd never, I had never drawn, I'd never drawn that. Yeah. Now you are seeing. This is podcast therapy. I'd never really drawn that line because yeah, uh, growing up, my parents always told me not to play with the kids. In the you name, didn't understand. In the you name, I didn't understand. Crazy to, and overprotective yeah, and yeah, controlling. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then now you're, you're also getting this fear of, People will let you down. People will disappoint you, betray you. Yeah, because we used Stay to. Stay away. We used to. We used to sneak people into our house, and um, when our parents were away, because they told us, "Don't play with anybody else. Just close the door when you yeah. come back from school. Like eat your food, do your homework, and you can watch TV and do whatever you want inside the house." You get me? And this was a very small house in the middle of the ghetto, and you just watch the neighborhood kids playing or doing whatever. And some, sometimes we would sneak people into the house, right, to just come and play with us so that daddy or mommy wouldn't find you while you're playing outside where mm, they told you not mm, to play. Mm. But then when you'd invite some of these friends, they would steal stuff. Really? You get me? So that's, oh. yeah. They would either steal things or break that's things. That's like even and, now. You know? Like people say, oh, don't, that so-and-so is bad. And we're like, yeah. no, give them the benefit of doubt they've grown. And then you find things missing or something. Yeah, you're like, damn. 
Like yeah, yeah, but I, I was told not to play with people. Um, uh, my sisters were told not to mess with boys because boys would get them pregnant and give them AIDS. Like all of these things, like parents do to protect their children, mm-hmm. it they are multiplied like a thousand times even more. Yeah, when you live in a ghetto. Mm. because I grew up in a ghetto of Kawempe. When you grow up in a ghetto and you want to raise a boy with a head on his shoulders, who, you, who you're not going to lose to drugs, alcoholism, or just being an, a, a, um, an adolescent who is uncontrollable, a hoodlum, yeah. basically, yeah. you have to watch each and every step and everything that they do. So my parents' solution was give them everything, work so hard that you give them everything that you need, and cut their friends off mm-hmm. let their friends be um the tv <laughs> the books you know yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah basically and that's, that see, was my you upbringing you can see that yeah. now reflected in in how you interact with people yeah that's how i got to, to yeah. listen to so, so so much music yeah like so much music and so, watch like a billion uh videos you know no no, 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 but i'm saying but i'm saying now i'm saying it's reflected now also in that that you're very protective of yourself and don't it's very hard for you to trust people but um i'm wondering so do you think that the people that that group of guys that confided in each other you went one way and and had an experience with them, but do you think they've remained to this day from what you know? Yeah. Connected? Do they do, share do their failures? Do you do know what's funny? Yes. Their yes. anxiety, their their fears. Exactly. So So they do. Um they have they are still together and I'm kind of jealous of jealous of yeah, it. Yeah, I would be. Because uh, <laughs> I'm the only one in that circle who is not really in that circle. Mm. And it it's it so happens that I have like five of these circles of different people that I have met, of my high school friends, um, my basketball friends, uh, my college friends, and then I have some, my business friends. Yeah. Now usually they have um, they stay together like closely packed, and every time they add me to the WhatsApp groups and I see the conversations, but I see the level of interaction and the distance that we have between each other. It's like by miles and the jokes and things that they they now have inside jokes that I no longer get. Mm-hmm. And they invite each other and hang out at each other's birthday parties. They know they are, you know, daughters, you know, age and whatever, doing what and doing what. And they share all the dirty jokes and the dirty pictures in these WhatsApp groups. Uh, but I'm not a part of that conversation. And often it's easy to, rec- to, to recoup, uh, to reconnect with most of these people. But now I'm in a position where what I say could become a screenshot and I don't know who leaked it. Mm. Or, um, Has that happened or what it's just I the share, fear? It's the fear of it happening or it's happened? You would be stupid in the music industry to think that no, nobody is recording you when mm. you're talking to other people or that a screenshot wouldn't, wouldn't be leaked. Mm. Because you're, you're in a position of interest, which is also part of understanding your position when you have fame or popularity Mm -hmm. it's it's a responsibility to protect yourself your brand and your business because at the end of the day that's what feeds you so do you think that because these guys have each other that's how girls nude pictures leak they send them to somebody they think they trust you know but that do you think that these guys because they have each other are are providing group therapy to each other like you don't think that any you don't feel like any of them probably need 
outside professional help like or you haven't seen that I, I'm, I'm sure everybody would need like professional professional help at some point but i see things that these guys discuss they discuss everything from from how to test your balls for prostate cancer and they will laugh <laughs> mm-hmm. like and but in in all of those jokes the doctor is going to come through and give you the information you need Mm. You get I me? Mean? Like it's going to say, "Oh, if you're feeling this, and da, 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 I would, I would say that's not it, but go and have a second mm. opinion." Da, 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 da. So they they have discussions like that. So if somebody is starting a business and it needs advice, somebody who is working for, let me say, for like a venture firm in Nairobi, and the thing is that not all of them are even in the same area. They don't all live in Kampala, right. but they still keep in touch with each other. They fly to go to see. Um, so on to attend so and so's wedding, right? Right, you right. know, I, like I haven't, I haven't been to anybody's wedding in so Aww. long. I don't know, and it's, it's not that I've not been invited, but that's not how I roll, and that's not my thing, yeah, yeah. So, in so when you're telling you, so when you are telling me to go for uh therapy, um, because I'd never done it before, I've always considered it to be a thing of weaklings. And I actually laughed because I would. It's it's the same premise of this popular TV show called uh, The Sopranos. Oh yeah. Because he's this big mafia macho boss. Macho man. <laughs> macho man, mafia boss, and someone is suggesting that Wait, a mafia guy goes to a therapist. That therapist does leak something. Is that where you even got this from? I feel like there was a show where some therapist is spying, something. or like for the wife, or I don't know. No, no, no. I don't know if that's where I got it. Um, but definitely, I I admit I have trust issues with with with, with most things or most people. Um, but in terms of if the mafia boss had to protect that he was seeing a therapist from his other mob guys yeah, it's because it's like you're telling secrets to yeah, somebody else yeah. out of the circle. Yeah. You get me? So um, I love that show, <laughs> except <laughs> the part where he rejected he rejected the black boy. The guy, his his daughter brought home a black boy. Yeah, and he said some racist shit. Italians like sometimes uh, say. Well, unfortunately, a lot. That's not all Italians. It. Basically, that's, no, that's another I'm, wrong statement. No, but I was saying, gonna say, yeah. unfortunately, a lot of the gangs and because you're competing with each other, it, you mm, again mm. are othering the groups and saying we're better or this or that. Like that's yeah, but a what, dynamic. but but what he said wasn't the, the statement he made when when the daughter brought home a black guy wasn't because there were rival gangs it was more like why can't you marry uh, an italian guy you're marrying a i, I can't even dignify yeah. it by, by but by, i'm just saying that saying when again. you're rivals you create when you have to other groups then you you other the whole the whole so it's not like oh i'm just i don't like the black gang it's going to be oh now i don't like black people so i'm just saying that that can oh, those okay, okay. those I dynamics see, see can be saying. created yeah yeah, yeah. um so but but historically oh so you saw that and that was you were like oh look tony soprano can go to therapy no no no, (laughs) it was a joke to me because i you kept how long did you keep on asking me to go for this um years yeah yeah it 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 was years until until i think it happened when i was heading for something that i really liked i don't remember what it was no it was at the black hollywood party Mm. when i had an incident for the black hollywood party so um then I was like okay this 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 might be serious and I might need to 
actually see if this might this might work. And, but then you started with a, th- a therapist who is a white female. Mm-hmm. You went to a few sessions, got some good skills, but then you just didn't you didn't connect with her. Yeah. When so you then you gave w- up when, on that. When you go to a therapist, she was a, she was a nice lady, but she's she grew up, I think, in um, Sweden. And now living, you just in America. didn't feel like you, you didn't have shared background, so it's like no, how could yeah, you relate? When you're going to therapy, that's why I was saying talking about the, the guys in the basketball team and the high school. They have shared experiences. They, you have shared experiences that when you're talking about something, you don't have to describe it mm. in a thousand words to somebody. Yeah. You just say half a syllable and they get it. Yeah, you get me. So, um, when I went to ther- for therapy in the US for the first time. As, a, as, a, as an African, going for therapy is seen as a sign of weakness. Right. Tony Soprano saw it as a sign of weakness. Um, in the black community, even in America, so many people do not like to admit that they are seeing a therapist. But we all see that mental health, most of the times, for you to make sense and reorganize your thoughts, needs you to speak to a professional. Some people um, suffer with mental health that needs psychiatrists. And some people um, suffer with mental health that needs a psychologist. Some people suffer with mental health which needs medication. Uh, Some people just need meditation. Some people just need weed. Some people just need meditation. So um, everybody develops coping mechanisms. Um, And for my coping mechanism usually was alcohol. Yes. Like it I just, can hold my alcohol. But it's, but it's that, a that's one skill. Coping, that's, coping yeah, mechanism. one that's one that's one one skill I developed in the music industry, which <laughs> I um I think it's a good thing that you can hold your liquor because when you can hold your liquor you can have longer conversations with people and get to know them better. That's that's how I like um taking uh alcohol. So every time I have I felt anxiety coming on, I would drink wine, I'd have a Hennessy um, I'd, I'd find something uh, or a glass of beer. But when you find that your coping mechanism is actually becoming, is almost becoming an addiction, it's time for you to stop and seek something that um, is more sustainable. That's what I would advise an, an, an anybody to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've seen people coping with, with marijuana and it totally works for them. Yeah, I mean, there's because there's people, also people yeah. who are functional on weed yeah. and people who are not functional. And in LA, we have like a million strains, so it's like it, it becomes much more scientific. Um, some people go to therapists or or social workers that actually or doctors that specialize in using weed for depression, anxiety. Like, so I mean, that's a whole other thing. I mean, I don't think there's any doctor or mental health expert who would say take a drink. Yeah, most you know? of most like, of most, so that's where I distinguish yeah, most, most marijuana them, from yes. alcohol. Yeah, most of them, most of the people will discourage you from using. Um, but this is also another debate that now we are getting into in how the medical field sees um, things like meditation, right? Mm-hmm. And how the medical field sees things like in the beginning, for a doctor to suggest marijuana to a person, right. imagine like the sixties, right? Drugs are bad for you. Right, right. and now, right it's, now, now it's, it's a growing like, movement. Take some CBD to relax yourself. Well, that's take some, yeah. yeah. And then there's also people who do um, what do they call it? Micro dosing of what LSD for people who have trauma. I'm, like there's, I haven't had a. Oh, I've watched so many different documaries. <laughs> like there's all kinds of 
it's amazing. Like people go on LSD trips or like have experiences. Think about ayahuasca. Ayahuasca, people go travel. I, I would like to do that. I would like to but do But people ayahuasca. do that because they're traumatized or they have ongoing depression or they have the medical issues. And it's like the, there's some different drugs that almost people say create like yeah. a reset in the body. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the question. It's like, what's, what's a substance when it's like something can be accepted by society something's not accepted by society but then yeah. those things change over time mm -hmm. so it's like where so i mean i think the so, issue with alcohol so is it, it's a depressant yeah alcohol is a depressant so alcohol good. works for me because um like i said even even in this in the in the things you're talking about uh, drugs which are for reset and and mm -hmm. all of these other things um everybody's body is different and everybody's mind is formed different. So there can never be um, that this is the magical cure. Like where we are in, with mental health and um, and all the challenges where people are increasingly becoming diagnosed with um, all these anxieties. At first I thought it was just advertising. Yeah. Like ph big pharma wants wants to, to make money off the population. Mm -hmm. So they're making everybody believe they are sick, which was one of the reasons why I was like, I'm not going to not going to not going to go to therapy because that's how America um, or like the Western society tries to. You're I like, it's know. just being sucked into this business scheme yeah, where you're into paying this business money scheme where you're paying money. I can yeah. handle it myself. Or so but 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 you get to realize that with all of these things, um, the substances or the coping mechanisms, everybody, everybody's body is different. Like I know myself, weed does not work for me. Yeah. Like it makes me paranoid and paranoid. Out. Yeah. Like even the littlest dose is gonna make me paranoid. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work for me. But alcohol slows down my thoughts and I'm having a good time and thinking clearly. Which is strange. Well, you're thinking clearly until you there's a certain number of drinks. Well, everything in moderation. Yeah. Everything is everything yeah. in moderation. Um Yes, again, everything in moderation. So, um, I've I've heard of people trying out things like I would really want to do ayahuasca. The way it's described to me and mm. um, the experience of it, I would like to try yes, it. We might go on ayahuasca, and if, if but then again, on a trip, and if but, we do, but, we'll, but we'll document again, it. But then again. You what if what if you get the bad trip? What if you get the bad trip and you don't That's come back? That's how I feel about And you don't come so back like, from it. Yeah. And you don't come back from it. So in Uganda, there's this guy that we both know who had, I don't know if it was a drug trip or if it was just a mental health breakdown that he was going through so much. But he put off all of his clothes and began running through the city. And he's this... He was a radio presenter who everybody knew. Mm. Well respected in the music industry. A friend of ours. So I was like, I know this guy is a well-balanced human. <laughs> like, what the hell is happening here? Yeah. But when I watched that, um, it reminded me so much of how... You know, you know, you know how you always look at people going through things, and you think your friends can never be the people going through yeah, yeah, those yeah. things. They, you know, they happen in society, but that's not like you look at the mad people, all the people who are on the streets, crazy mm -hmm, on, in, mm -hmm. in 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 Africa, yeah. and like, oh, 
maybe they're just born crazy and that's yeah. you know yeah yeah but then when i saw that happen i was like okay even a good guy could have but a you're saying this health. was from a bad trip I don't oh, know. Don't know. I don't know if from. it was a bad trip, and I've never had the opportunity of asking him and having a conversation with him, because shortly after that, the whole society was laughing. Memes were yeah, being made, is... and nobody was having the empathy to empathize with him. So he just left the country and vanished. Mm. You get me? So interesting. Yeah, that's another coping mechanism. Do you just vanish away from everybody, or do you begin talking about it and letting me, letting people know? that you're not the only one going through through that and it that it can happen to anybody mm-hmm. um the older you grow uh the more experiences that you have and the society which has piled on so much pressure for success on people um can lead to these kinds of experiences and results and you need to find um either ancient ways such societies have dealt with these problems they say meditation works. I think it does. I just have not a been lot. able to develop the practice. <laughs> yes, like I, yes. I'll, me too. No, me they've, too. They've, you, there's, you can I see think. studies and documentaries where they show people's brainwaves changing after months of meditation. Like it yes. actually scientifically changes your brain. So it's a real thing. It's an, let's make a pro, let's make a pinky promise that we're going to we do this at least. We always break our pinky promises. Yeah, yeah, so happens, I know how happens, that's going to go. But... Yeah, yeah, but I, I would I would like to get to a point where I try this. So in hip hop, hip hop is a very macho. You know, I'm going to battle you. I'm more of a man that you than you are. It's like mm-hmm. it's that competition of it's a dick measuring context. Contest, yeah. by the way, always. I I think I mean, but in one of these very very um, macho macho um, is in, in it's very macho macho art form. You find groups like the Wu Tang, right? Mm-hmm. Where their leader actually just meditates <laughs> when he's in studio. Um, another person that I ever besides Reza of the Wu Tang clan, because again, he's practicing an ancient right. um, way of coping with his uh, mental health. Yes, alternative um, medicine. Alternative medicine is that <laughs> he meditates and teaches people in his group to meditate. That's nice. Uh, to have mental clarity. But then again, he's going to come through and do the same thing and vent and do his work properly. Um, there's another guy called, uh, one of the founders of Def Jam is this white guy with a long beard. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting what his name is right Rick now. Rub- Ruben? Rick Ruben. Rick Ruben. Oh, I yeah. got it right. Wow. See, yeah. I've been... Getting my hip hop on. <laughs> yeah, you're getting Mark your hip hop on. I see you. I see. Is he from Boston? Is that how you know him? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I was talking about how he also has like different um, esoteric ways. Um, and what? Of, and who is it? Simmons that also used to meditate. Oh, Russell Simmons. So, so they they were There's partners. So many, they were partners. Yeah. But Russell Simmons is still meditation as well. This mm-hmm. is hip hop and mental health. Yeah. He was also meditation. Yeah. Uh, well, but Rick Rubin, who is much more of hip hop and rock, mm-hmm. he actually brings an animal to a studio. I saw this so in the like, Jay Z documentary. What do they call it? Support. Support animal. Emotional support animal. Emotional support animal. Well, so the, it is real so too. So Jay Z is recording 99 problems, and the dude had uh, I don't know. Did he have a cat? A dog? It looked like a bison a to me. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've seen people on planes flying with animals because that's some of it. Some of that's real. And some of it's of just flying, yeah. yeah. But some of it's just getting a certificate because now you're allowed to, and people, it's a kinder way to travel with your animal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the point is there's so many different. Can I bring an alligator to the plane? <laughs> can you animal? can you get your alligator to get on the plane? If you can, <laughs> I think you deserve to bring it on. Eating um, chips like. Ah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think that there's there's more and more people like sharing how they like keep themselves healthy and happy or 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 work towards that because I don't think I think happiness is really it's a struggle. Like is you, happiness it, and mental health the same thing? Is is happiness a product of good mental health? I think so. I think so too. I think so too. Because some people are just... I have a grand... My grandmother... You you can be blessed and talk yourself into depression and suicide. Or you can have things going on and talk yourself... My grandmother, as we always... It's almost a joke. She calls herself lucky lady. Yeah. But like she... She's like... She's like... The example of seeing things positive, like talking things into positive... Like it just is... Yeah. That's how she paints her world. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So... $99 million. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, so I don't know. We're just, yeah, we've we're talked just a, sharing. We've, we've talked a lot about. Clearly, um, we both think that it's great to just. It's great try to have whatever. therapy and have conversations like this, and be open when you're having a problem because, um, be open to somebody. Talk to somebody if you're having a problem, um, and be open to trying different things, di- different, different things Eastern to help medicine. Co- yes, uh, you're not impressing anybody when you're. Um, driving yourself into addiction and digging a deeper hole uh you're not impressing anybody if you're having these suicidal thoughts and you don't talk to somebody about it um if you're having anxiety that's it could get worse if you don't Mm -hmm. find ways of coping with it um it's important that in our societies especially africa where it's stigmatized so much looked at as a curse yeah it's important to change to change that culture Mm -hmm. um and it's important to so before we go, um, I want to talk about how in the music industry in, in Uganda, the, the one that I see most of the mental health problems um, are misdiagnosed as just people using drugs or the blanket yeah. statement. Yeah, because so many people with mental health issues use drugs use or drugs alcohol in to, order to In order to, 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 to cover it, to, cover yeah, it but, to, but, to feel numb. Yeah, but to them, they think these people just take the drugs because they, be crazy they just want wild. to be crazy and wild. Yeah. That's not it. People, people use these drugs because there's something in them which is not balanced with something which is not right Mm -hmm. mentally they're dealing with a person who's telling them you'll never make it as a musician never make it as a musician so with every fail with every time they fail to make a hit every time they fail their their show flops they pile on problems on problems on problems and before you know it if they are not strong enough to have the mental fortitude to deal with things they'll try the drug to make them feel better yeah and before you know the drug becomes an addiction and before you know it, an addiction becomes something they can't control. And we've seen so many instances where people kill themselves. Yeah. So it's not a joke when we are telling people in the media to also have an understanding of what's going on. It's a most, it's a very misdiagnosed um, phenomena and unfair way of looking at people. Yeah. So I think it's it's there. a matter of um, having empathy and open mindedness not just towards others who might be going things, but towards yourself. If you are struggling, 
have that self-empathy, be open-minded to try. There's so many different things that help different people, but just that life is not easy. It's a journey. It has obstacles and challenges yes. and and it's 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 very okay yeah, to get another help. Bo- another good ask for another help. good book I read which was it's it's a very simple book. It's called the that's very freeing. Um is the art of not giving a fuck. Yeah. Have you read that one? Yes. It's, I, I don't it's, think I finished it, but I did. It's like almost it. cheesy. I was like, "This is going to be cheesy," but then again, <laughs> it had like some very important lessons for the millennial. If you're a millennial or a Gen Z, and life is putting on so much, so many pressures for, for uh, if life is putting so much, so many pressures on you, um, sometimes the way the best way of looking at it is that you can free yourself from that noose. Mm. You get me? Like you can free yourself from from the rope around Pressures, your neck, basically, and just yeah. say nah. Yeah. Like instead of saying there's a box or thinking out of the box, just say there's no box. Or I don't even want to be like fuck a box. I want a circle. Mm. You get me? So we can redefine all of these things and uh, recalibrate our society to make sure that it serves us. Um, and we wish all of you. Um, more happiness and um uh, if you're struggling with something um let us know what you're struggling with in your in the comment section tell or, us, or let tell us, us know, how you're coping yeah. yeah let us know if you have a, a type of meditation or a youtube video you like or something that yeah. you, you do to de-stress are you doing yoga mm? are you doing exercise are you, dancing? Are you exercising are you, yeah. every day are you are you doing music because um my producer told me when we were recording this PR album he said um, he has a list of 10 things you can do when you feel anxious. Yeah. It's like, write an album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for some yeah, people. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah share share uh, some resources for for each other and for us. Yes, yes, yes. Share, share, and uh, be open minded and be understanding, be empathetic. Yes, I'm Miriam Tamar. And I'm GNL Zamba Freud Sigmund. <laughs> <laughs> We're in Simbi. Peace and love.